Hi, Linda Phils here. Welcome to my show where I will be sharing with you the strangest secrets to spiritual and professional success and productivity. So let's get started. Welcome to the Linda Phils Show on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm so excited today to have my good friend, Dr. Steve Green, joining me from Charisma. Welcome, Steve. Hi, Linda. It's great to be with you on your show. It's a pretty good deal. It's on your network. It's my show, and we're working together doing great things. I appreciate you so much for opening some of these doors and helping get the word out to men and women in the marketplace who are looking for topics uh, like your podcast and mine and others. Would you uh, start by enlightening our audience about your podcast? Well, I do a podcast called The Green Lines, G-R-E-N-E, Lines, Green Lines. Uh, basically, I interview people about their books, their ministries, and uh, certainly people who have podcasts on our network, I interview them as well. And then I have At Work With God, which is my daily devotional about taking God to work with you. And I still have a podcast. I don't update it enough on Love Leads. It's on CPN shows as well. So those are my three shows. But I spend most of my time, I record every day, sometimes two a day on Green Lines, which is our most popular uh, for me. Uh, it's my biggest show. We do about, I don't know that numbers matter to your audience, but we've, we're, we're getting somewhere around half a million a month. So that, you know, I'm blessed by that. That's awesome. That means you're doing a good job and serving people well. Tell me how you settled on the name Green Lines. Obviously, the connection to your name, but is there more to that story? No, ma'am. I really, uh, back in the days when I was consulting and I was teaching as a marketing professor, I wrote a newsletter uh, every week that was called Green Lines. And my lines were uh, thoughts about marketing and business. And I just kept it. And I thought it still appeals to what I'm trying to do in sending out content as well as blessing people. So I just, I wrote a newsletter, had a big subscription list for a lot of years and thought it was the, a good name to go ahead and continue with. Well, I like it. And you know, we're in that green tie doesn't hurt either, does it? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I would avoid the color green like that my entire life. I hated any reference to the color because I have an E on the end of my name and I'm not a color. I don't know why I fought it so hard. And then a branding expert of which I'm supposed to be in marketing was speaking to my students one day and said, why aren't you wearing more green? And I said, because it's my name, I don't need to wear it. And he said, but you're a brand marketer, work your brand around your name and people will never forget you. And I said, I don't, I don't, man, I just didn't like it. I fought it for about two days and then I went with it. And I, now if I'm doing something big, I'll go ahead and take a photo with it. Well, you know, when I'm on the Charisma Podcast Network searching for something, I always look for your green tie before I even look for the name. So I'll just tell you it's working very well. Oh, good. That's, that really helps. We put that on the book as well. I saw and that. We're going to talk about your book. No, we will. We'll get there. I just, I'm enjoying just being on your show and talking about how we can help your listeners and uh, making sure that we serve them well so we can blow your show up and get lots of listeners. Well, I think that's a great idea. You know, I'm looking at your accomplishments, Steve. I'm going to brag on you just a little more here, if you can stand it. Uh, I see that you did some work in branding with Jiffy Lube, McDonald's, and some other businesses. Can you share a war story with us or a success story from some of your work with corporate clients? We cater 
here to a business audience. I'm sure they'd love to hear some behind the scenes stories about your work with some of these folks. Well, I came to a crossroads as a marketing professor. I taught college for 30 years uh, into my career in teaching at Oral Roberts University as Dean of the College of Business. But when I was younger in my thirties, forties, I consulted as I taught, you know, as a side income. And then I came to a crossroads. I had an opportunity to start an ad agency and a very large car dealer in the state of Missouri said, if you'll leave the university at the end of the semester, I'll back your play, I'll start your ad agency. You just have to uh, have no soft landing spot. You have to go all the way in or all the way out. I'll back you if you wanna do it, and I won't back you if you wanna go halfway. So I did it and started a growing ad agency in Springfield, Missouri. Did a lot of other things uh, around the country eventually I landed a pretty big client, and the first one was McDonald's, then Jiffy Lube, and then Stanley Steamer. Really large clients I did things for nationally, including uh, working with local uh, co-ops, including working as the national uh, customer service research agency for McDonald's. I did all of their store level research for a season, for, for a long time. Uh, I started a research firm in my marketing firm based on um, you know, my training as an academic, I did consumer research. And then uh, TV stations started liking what I was doing and TV stations across the country to the tune of about 800 hired me to start doing marketing work for their stations, research work. I'd go into markets, train them, develop people. And in doing all of that, Linda, it opened me up to really street level marketing. I, I, I got a second PhD on the street by working with moms and pops and helping them grow their business and growing revenue. So I became really, you know, God helped me to become gifted at improving revenue for my clients. And that, you know, it led me back into teaching, believe it or not, I was consulting in Tulsa with a, a food chain in which I became COO of. And my TV stations had bought me out, they owned my company and they kept me on for seven years and I was done, wanted to go back into the classroom real badly. So I went to ORU just as an adjunct professor. And when I did that, uh, it was the time when there was transition at ORU and uh, Mark Rutland came in as the new president. And he recruited me to become his first college dean, his first hire. And we had a great five years together. So that's a real short story of I'm a I'm part business. And oh, by the way, while I was in Tulsa, I pastored the church. By the way. For 10 years. And because that's, that's why I was called back into Tulsa without question to connect me with ORU and to help start this church. And I was the pastor. I was a lead pastor for 10 full years before I moved to Charisma here in Central Florida. So I, I'm a I'm part academic. Uh, my vocation is always for the Lord. Every person I talk to, I'm trying to help as a ministry, whether it's to help them raise money in their business or to improve their business practices, or if it's simply to help someone to have a better walk with the Lord. I really believe I'm bivocational. That's a great tour of your resume there and your history, Steve. Right. What would you say to somebody listening today who is getting their branding organized 
obviously you could consult with them and point them to lots of great resources, but is there one tip you'd give out today to our audience, to the person who says, I'm ready to start my business. I don't know the first thing about branding. What, what are the one, two, or three things I should do right now to get my brand established? Okay, here's what most people do wrong. You know, and it, it makes me sad, Linda, because it's so fixable. Most people try to be all things, all people. You know, they'll answer the phone and says, the answer is yes, what's your question? We can do anything for anybody. They don't necessarily do it that way, but that's, what, that's how they start their business. They don't specialize near enough in this way. When you specialize, you have a very small target market. Start with the smallest group of people you can and speak to that group and grow from that internal cell, that one cell, and grow out from there, much like a good home group starts. Most groups, great churches start with eight or 10 people and they grow from that nucleus. Instead of go build a big building, get a lot of debt, don't have any money for marketing and try to brand yourself by just doing everything you can to make people happy and you can't execute that. So most people spend money on the wrong things early up where I'd, I'd like people to just focus on just this couple of issues right here. Know who your target market is and make it smaller. And when I say target market, don't just tell me women 25 to 54. That's half the United States population. But that's a very typical popul population target market. A target market can be Christians who want to own their own business. Now, I think that's a relatively small group. But you could further delimit it by saying uh, who live in the state of Missouri or who live in Springfield, Missouri or Kansas City or Lubbock, Texas. It doesn't have to be defined broadly. It just needs to be something that can isolate your message, where you're gonna send that message. The smaller it is, the deeper you can go financially. If you get too big and I have so many people that want a national audience, all right? And they're not, they're not ready for it. They haven't learned on a small audience. What do they tell new pastors? Learn on a small church, make all your mistakes on a small church and grow from there. Go to a medium church, make medium mistakes. Go to a big church, maybe you're done. Maybe you've made all the mistakes that you're gonna make for a while. You know, the, the idea is learn as you grow. And that's what a good business starts with that. First, be able to make profit with a small audience. Stay so small, you can be black. Then get a little bigger and stay black. Grow by buying a different demo. I call them touching demos. If you're working on a, a particular zip code, add a zip code in that touches that zip code that's somewhat closer to you if you're geographically based. If you're trying to uh, reach an audience that reads a certain kind of book, then you might want to uh, reach more of those kinds of people through other media that reaches them. So target market's the key. Small is better. Bigger is never better when you're new. Now to brand it, you've got to make sure that uh, you know exactly what need you fill. Can you walk next door to a neighbor and tell them was it, what it is you do? Not you sell tires, but we keep families safe on fresh tires for their car. You've got to put it into a term that helps everyone understand it. That what I do is, uh, I'm a dentist, all right? It's not I'm a cheap dentist. It's what I do is I know everyone's afraid of dentistry. So the first thing I work on is getting people real comfortable to where they don't even remember their dentist visit. And I make it affordable so people don't have to delay dental care. 
Now that is a felt need. Now I've hit the felt need. What, what most people don't do, Linda, is do a good job of defining a tight audience with a tight felt need. Be very, very specific. The smaller you are, the more specific you have to be. And that builds your brand. Build it till two people know your brand, then three, then four. You can't build it with an audience of a thousand because you're gonna give different experiences to them. Can you ask a follow-up question? I don't wanna give a speech here, but <laughs> you know what I mean? I, help me out. What else do you want to know about that? You see how I'm branding? I, I'm going to rein in, Dr. Steve. That's Come awesome. On. You just gave us a wonderful marketing 101 get started introduction. And there's a lot of meat there for those yeah. who are ready to take it and hungry. But it's too. branding too, Linda. It, it's the essence of my brand. What do I do? If your brand doesn't tell me what you do, it's too confusing. You know, Amazon was confusing for a long time. It isn't today. Right. You know, when you had a Jeopardy question back in the day before Amazon, people named the river. You know, in a, in a psychology test, name the first word that comes to mind, Amazon. People today aren't going to say river. They're going to say books or something like that. Right, right. Okay. How do they do that? Just one audience at a time. That's awesome. Let me switch gears on you a little bit here, uh, Dr. Steve. Tell me, what's a good productivity hack for leaders? We're going to transition to talking about leaders. And uh, do you have an app that's under $100 or an idea or a system that's under $100 that would be a top productivity hack that will advance the cause of any leader? Okay, that's a great question. Uh I've bought so many apps over the years. You're really talking to someone who's bought about everything that's come out looking uh -huh. for better time management. And the key to time management is the second word. It's management. So everyone will have a different app, something that really helps them. But the key is to have an app where you can write down on your calendar your to-do list. Don't have a to-do list and a calendar. That, to me, is, is setting us up for failure. For, to miss appointments, to miss the important things. So I have, my, my, my hack is to do the most important thing every day and to write down on my calendar when I'm going to do that. Now, you know, you go to the doctor, when your doctor visits are on your calendar, you get there because they're so hard to book them. So you don't call up and cancel, you get there. And it becomes so important to you that day that you get to that doctor visit, you build your day around that appointment. We need to build our day around, as leaders especially, when we're going to do the one most important thing of our day. My list normally has three. My calendar can't hold more than three most important things I'm going to do today. I'm kidding myself. I'll be writing them over again tomorrow and the next day. And I've got a good app that keeps track of those. By the way, in, a, in Apple iPhone now, the, the new Note app and the Reminder app are the two my, my two secret weapons. And they come with... Uh, the iOS system. They come free now. They've upgraded it to a real high level. You can look for it on YouTube and see the uh, real good videos on how to use the apps. They are yeah. powerful. The Note app and the Reminder app. I talk to Siri. I say, hey, Siri, remind me I'm blank. And it's on my phone by the time I want it to be. And it does it by where I go too. When I get home, remind me to blank. And I walk in the door. I'm literally in the door and it's reminding me. I, I love an app like that. I'm old. But my point is, it doesn't matter. 
what it is that I'm writing on my to-do list, it matters what I put on my calendar to do. Got the it. Calendar is where it happens. So that's the that's the hack. I like it. Dr. Steve, you've written a book that I'm holding right now called Love Leads by Dr. Steve Green. And I want to zero in on something here that caught my eye this morning. It's on page 96, if you've got yours handy. And the title is Leaders Aren't Perfect. And I I know that uh, our leaders are under so much pressure today, so many demands on their time. There is so much coming at us all. And I think that uh, sometimes we expect ourselves to be perfect and others may expect us to be perfect. And I love your lead in here where you start talking about the fact that David did not live a perfect life, yet God called him man after his own heart. And as you unpack this concept, uh, I'm going to go get kind of personal here with our audience because I think this is where a lot of people are Uh, fighting these days to keep their mission and vision. You talk about mission creep and you talk about a problem here that David encountered when he uh, became unfaithful uh, because he wasn't out fighting in battle as kings were meant to do, but he was up on the roof and what happened next led to one of his greatest mistakes. Talk to us about why we need to hear this lesson today and how to avoid this mission creep that was such had such a catastrophic effect in David's life. Well, mission creep, uh, first of all, let's define that. It's when someone asks you to do something for them, and while you're doing it, their expectation grows while you work. You know, we, we find this with consultants. We find it with pastors, oh, yeah. you know, where I'm counseling one thing and all of a sudden it's crept into another but you've applied it in a very unique way as you've asked this question. I'm really proud of the way you've asked this. I've never been asked this question, but what happens in our life is we have our eyes creep. We begin to look at things around us instead of the narrow path. We begin to see the other path and see things that tempt us. And we can only look at so much temptation depending upon our strength and, you know, what we have learned through discipline, uh, you know, there but by the grace of God go all of us. We can be tempted and we can, uh, I don't want to be led into it because I don't know what I'm going to do, but by the grace of God, I know how I want to perform. And so I have to remind myself every day as a leader, who am I? What will I do? And what won't I do? And that helps because we've got so much distraction, Linda, through all of our technology and our time management tools and all the things that we try to be we got so much creep on us for our time and our work that we're susceptible when we're worn out. I believe that David saw what he saw, was motivated by it, but he was also a tired king. I'm not making excuses for his behavior, but I can understand it because I've seen it in so many people I've counseled with. They're frazzled on every end. And so they're going to make a bad decision when they're creeping into this or creeping into that. It's that old analogy of the squirrel. You know, I knew where I was going until I saw a squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. And my head flipping on my shoulders as I'm looking at everything I'm trying to look at and I'm juggling balls and plates in the air. I don't even know what my analogy is anymore. You know, I'm after something when I should be so focused on the peak because I'm leader, right? That's what this analogy is about. I'm leading. And so as a leader, David saw something that was not under his charge. He wasn't leading her. 
If he'd have been looking at his people, his team, his mission, he wouldn't have been distracted. That great book on boundaries, great life teaching about the path, the principle of the path. The principle of the path for a leader is to make sure that I'm always engaged with someone that I'm trying to help. And if I'm serving, if I've got my servant heart, it's very hard for me to be distracted. So following up on that, uh, what do you think is the legacy is of an effective leader? It's not that they won't make a mistake, uh, but no. when we do make a mistake, how do we come from that place to still establish a pleasing legacy as an effective leader? Linda, I think we all make mistakes even as advanced leaders, but we know how to recover from them and how to restore, how to repair. And so legacy comes really, it's the thing I think about most in my day is have I helped someone today? Have I advanced their career? Are they stronger because of this interaction? When they leave my office, are they better than when they came in? That, when they walk in that door, I'm thinking one thing, Linda, and that is as honest as I can be. Have I helped them today? Have I given them something to improve their day? Now, you know, when I go to heaven, I've always said this, it's crazy but I was going to take a resume and a business card because I wanted the Lord to make sure he saw my resume and knew what my title was because we all work so hard for our titles where, you know, all the Lord wants to ask me about is Billy, who I said a crossword to. Maybe I teased him or told him a joke or maybe I did something to make him feel bad about himself instead of building him up, edify, exhort him. You know, where I think those are the messages that are replay in my counseling session with the Lord in, the, in heaven that I'll be asked to defend some of my language because I know we're going to give an account for every word. So I want to make sure that I only give words of life, that my correction is full of love. This whole book is based on regardless of what, if I fail at everything but love, I'm going to be okay. But, but I have to love the people I serve. I have to love my family. I will not fail as a parent. I will not fail as a husband. That's just not where it's going to be. You know, because that's where, where it matters most. I can't, I'm, I'm disqualified if I can't leave my home. I'm disqualified if I can't leave my relationships at work. Who wants to hear about the Lord if I'm pounding on them about getting a job done? So I've got to, I've got to be led by the Lord as all my examples are in that book that are spiritual. All those examples are literally about men who failed, men and women who failed in the Bible to lead effectively. And then I give good examples of how the Lord led effectively. But, but essentially, Linda, we, we just have to take every moment we're given, this is the legacy, to develop someone, to see what God sees in them and help them see it. I've taught so many college students, 25, 30,000 college students. I, I will be accountable for every one of them that I talk to. What, what did I deposit? What did I leave behind for them? That's my legacy. Well, that's a deep answer, Dr. Steve. I appreciate you going there. Let's lighten it up for just a minute. I want to wrap this up for our listeners and, and be able to send them over to Amazon to get your book called Love Leads by Dr. Steve Green, G-R-E-E-N-E, -E, as well as checking out the Charisma Podcast Network with your good work there. And but your... what do you do, Dr. Green, to relax? What are your hobbies? What do you do to live a balanced life and enjoy uh, things on a little lighter side of your life? Well, that's a good question. Please don't end this podcast without us talking about the golden rule. 
but I'm going to answer your question. Uh, I play golf. And I'm not sure that I relax when I do it, but it's what I do to get away. Because when I'm playing golf, I don't think about anything else. I, I always play golf with my wife. So I'm accomplishing two things. I'm spending time with her, significant real time. And we're in a golf cart together and for four to five hours. And we do that on our weekends and our vacations and our holidays. We tend and we raise our children on a golf course. So that is our, our diversion. And I also minister on the golf course. I, and I feel like people look at to me to answer the same questions I'm going to answer at work. I, I think it's still there. So I, who wins most of the time? Uh, she's beating me quite a bit these days. All right. I, I work a lot, Linda. But, <laughs> you know, it'll come and go. But uh, we both just like, we're very, she's a much better woman golfer than I'm a male golfer. How about that? Well, talk to us about the golden rule then. All right, real quick. It, Jesus, you know, we're, we're taught about people in every religion and every ethnic uh, how you should live group. They'll all say something like the golden rule. Treat other people like you want to be treated. Do unto others as you'd have them do to you. Leaders, we have to do better than that, Linda. We want to do better than anyone else will do. I want to do more for you than you'll do for me. I don't want to just match you quid pro quo. I don't want to just show up and do one for one, do a trade. I want to do better for you than you'll do for me. That's what I think the golden rule for leaders is. That's the way I think Jesus taught it because he always did better for us than we can do for him. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I am really enjoying your book, Dr. Green. Thank you for thank your you. labor of love to put that together. And I'm excited for our audience to get hold of it as well. We want to ask everyone to come back again next week where we specialize on bringing you interviews and content that will help you galvanize your passion and live effectively to lead your business in 20 hours or less a week so you can expand your influence. God needs men and women in the earth who know what they're about, who are doing it well. And the leaders that I'm watching emerge out of the coaching and content and discussions that we are having are leaders in every sphere of their lives. They're leaders in their family and with their friends. They're leaders in their businesses or corporate organizations. And they're leaders in the church and the community. So a leader is a leader in every sphere. They're not waiting for permission. They're going forth with all God's put within them. And we are excited to champion the men and women listening to these podcasts on the way to work to do their very best and to bring their influence every place that God has placed them. Thank you, Dr. Steve, again, for contributing to this messaging. And we're excited to have others come and that don't have your book yet. Find it on Amazon, Love Leads, and uh, we appreciate your time together. Thank you, Linda. You've got a great podcast. We so believe in you, your ministry. Every word you just said, I would amen it with a great big yell. I like that part about 20 hours a week a lot. If people could only understand what that would do for them. But thank you for your show. Thank you for your service. And God bless you and your ministry. All right. Bless you, Dr. Steve. Bye-bye. So glad you joined us for the Linda Field Show today. We know that you are busy and that your time is important. To help you accomplish more of the things that matter in work and life, Linda has created the Prayer Plan Your Life Productivity System. This valuable system guides you to minimize the noise that threatens your progress and make the highest and best use of your time. 
come on over to lindafields.org ppyl to order Prayer Plan Your Life Today. Get it done today. Make it matter tomorrow. See you over at lindafields.org ppyl.